This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Adam Miluznik from Alt-MBA 16. Thanks for taking the time uh, to talk, Adam. Um, you have an amazing story. There's so many interesting things about who you are, where you live, and, and I'm excited to get into that. Um, but before that, I, I want to get to know Adam before Alt-MBA. So what's your story? Who were you before Alt-MBA? So um, before Alt-MBA, you know, I've always been someone who's been um, interested in doing more, uh, quite motivated and ambitious. But um, I'd say there was an element of that that was mixed with um, kind of losing my way a little bit in terms of what that really meant to me prior to all MBA. Um, I tried a lot of things, you know, I've, I studied graphic design at university. I worked as a, in a, uh, commercial branding agency. I've worked in-house in a bank as a communications person. I've worked in a dementia charity as a communications person. Um, and I've even started and run my own bar and pizza business and all sorts of different things over the years. So I think part of me, has always had the confidence to say, do you know what? I can try this and see where it leads. Um, but perhaps I wasn't always doing that with a bigger picture sense of intentionality. Um, and I think Alt-MBA helped me to focus that a little bit and work out what it was that I really wanted to apply myself to in the long term. Um, and just prior to working on, uh, just prior to joining the Alt-MBA, um, I was actually working for, uh, Helen Sanderson, who is a coach on the RMBA, um, and has a few different ventures, um, wellbeing teams and her consulting company, Helen Sanderson Associates. And I'd worked for Helen as the kind of lead comms person. Um, and it was actually Helen that offered to sponsor me on all MBA, um, and put me through the program, um, at no cost to myself. And I'm going to be honest, I really did not want to do it. Um, I had heard from Helen that it was great, but I was quite skeptical because I couldn't really work out what the takeout was going to be from the program. Um, and also at the time, I'd recently moved from the UK to Ecuador with my partner, who's Ecuadorian. Um, and I'd also started a master's degree online part-time alongside my business. And I just thought, you know what, I, I really don't have the time to do this, especially if I can't guarantee some kind of positive outcome from it. Um, which is ironic because I've been trying so many different things seemingly at random for a long time. Um, but you know, Helen offered it to me and I didn't want to outright turn it down. So I asked her if she could postpone it for a little while whilst I got some, some stuff out of the way. Um, and that was my <laughs> happy accident of arriving to a place of, of more intentionality, I guess. Wow. How did, how did you come to define that in Alt-MBA? Like when you know, this idea of, of always wanting to be able to do more, um, how did you continue to explore that in, in Alt-MBA? My first job straight out of uni was for a branding agency working for international brands. So the primary clients were people like Puma. Um, we worked on really cool cool projects actually for Puma. Um, we even worked on Virgin Galactic, which is the space exploration people, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So these are like dream projects for a lot of people, right? It's like, um, 
Puma has a lot of money. They're very creative. Um, we worked for Apple. We worked for these different companies. And um, whilst there was an element of that work being rewarding because it was very free and they were always looking for new ideas to grab people's attention, I could never shake the kind of nagging feeling that at the end of the day, I was just trying to sell some more shoes, for example, or some more iPods. And um, I remember actually one day, you know, I was fresh out of uni. I was like 23 or whatever. And um, I remember one day bringing something up along those lines with the creative director. I can't remember how I phrase it, but um, he was really taken aback by that discussion and basically says something along the lines of, well, you know, the world doesn't revolve around everyone doing good deeds or something like that. And, um, you know, I think that that was maybe touched a nerve because there is a sense of purpose that you get from doing things that are maybe a bit more helpful. Um, and if you've really dedicated your life to building something, but you don't really believe in it, it's, it's not something that you necessarily want to confront. So I think, um, for a long time, I kind of had that feeling in the back of my mind and, you know, I didn't even work there for a very long time. I left there after a year and a half. I went to live in Melbourne for a while. Um, just another aside, not very much intentionality behind that one. And, um, (laughs) and, um, when I came back to the UK, um, started to focus more on projects that really kind of grabbed my attention. And that was working freelance and they were, uh, public art. So I was doing workshops on creating public art pieces. Um, uh, I was working for theaters. I was working for different charities and, and that was the first time I worked freelance and to cut a long story short, um, that company expanded quite quickly. By the time I was 26, 27, we had a team of seven people, which I really felt like I'd kind of accidentally got into and I was not ready to have that kind of responsibility. You know, like I just wanted to also have more freedom to travel. I wanted to have more, less responsibility to other people in my team. But, you know, I was employing them. And um, ultimately, it really got too much for me. And I really struggled to deal with uh, anxiety around that, coupled with a major client that we had um, who was a Chinese company that had decided to invest in the UK and basically halfway through the project decided they were no longer going to do the project, but also that they were going to declare themselves bankrupt and not payers. So that um, became basically for me, that was the end of that part of my life. Mm. And I think that pushed me to a point where I was really unwilling to explore again, the idea of building some kind of bigger agency with a team because the crushing kind of responsibility that came with people losing their jobs in my mid twenties, you know, down to what was ultimately in a lot of ways, my responsibility was kind of too much for me really. So then I went and had a few years, um, working in-house for a couple of organizations. That was, that was, uh, quite beneficial in some ways. And I almost felt like it was a bit of a holiday because the stress level was so much less. Um, but eventually when I moved to Ecuador, all of that needed to change again. And, um, I took the opportunity to go freelance again and kind of see what would come out of that. Can you talk more about that transition from, you know, working for companies, for profit companies and 
and even having a boss that says, well, not, not, you know, the world isn't built on, you know, everyone doing good things to the work that you've been able to do for nonprofits. Um, so when I said that I stopped working for myself and started working in employed jobs, and that was a bit of a holiday, um, even that, you know, I approached from a perspective of I wanted to work for companies that were at least somewhat ethical. And the job that I got um, following the kind of collapse of my studio was uh, for a bank in the UK, which is known as a um, ethical bank. Um, I won't name any names because <laughs> it would be easy to Google, let's put it that way. Right. And um, they... Um, you know, I was quite excited about working for them. I'd like really looked into the way that they invest and the way that they were man- managed and all sorts of stuff. Partway through, so a good two years into working for them, there was a huge series of scandals, not just one scandal, but many scandals that really called their ethics into question. So even within that sense, I'd gone into the private sets, but I'd gone into it with some kind of like, I would rather be doing something that's, if not great, at least not bad. And then when um, that kind of collapsed around me um, and the bank was kind of exposed for having done a lot of extremely unethical things, um, that was a real crushing blow to me personally. Um, and even though I wasn't responsible for it, it started to really affect my performance at work, my level of anxiety, my, my sense of purpose. And I think that kind of clarified to me that it was time to get out and feel like I was doing something with more sense of purpose. And that's really kind of continued, um, to this day because the clients that I serve now, um, they are all more mission driven and purpose driven. And I can get up in the morning and say, this is, really a perfect job for me because not only am I getting paid and I'm able to work where I want, but I'm also doing something that I believe in passionately. So um, I'm really kind of grateful that that has, through a kind of mixture of accident and intentionality, um, become reality for me. Wow. And what's, what's next for you or what are you working on now? So... Um, in the nonprofit space, I'm super excited to be working for a organization, which is a network of um, children's charities. So as opposed to kind of Oxfam or these um, huge multinational ones, it's a network of small locally based grassroots organizations in, um, I think it's about 34 countries at the moment. Um, and I have been working for them doing kind of basic bits of design for a long time, but um part of the kind of linchpin mentality uh, that came through the alt MBA was around um, being able to create roles for yourself. And over the time that I've worked for them, um, I'm really happy to have been able to build more and more trust to the point where I'm now, um, as of about a month ago, leading on their um, campaigns. I mean, they've never had campaigns before at all. So um, to now be saying, right, as of um, now, we're going to be tackling... Um, over the next six months, the issue of sexual violence um, affecting boys, which covers sexual abuse, exploitation, and um, harmful sexual behavior. Um, and to be taking a lead on that and feel like I'm really kind of, you know, transforming the way that they do their comms is extremely rewarding because they're kind of quite early stage. So there's so much work that can be done. Um, and this morning I've been talking to the member organizations in Nepal, Chile, the Philippines, and India. 
and just learning about the work that they're doing um just shows me that there's so much we can be shouting about and it's super exciting so um so that's the work we're doing uh for them with an ultimate aim of um making systemic change it's not so much about public awareness it's more about systemic change for other organizations that also work in this sphere to make sure that services that deal with um issues around sexual abuse and exploitation are gender inclusive so that's what i'm working on there and uh wow that's important and life-changing work yeah i mean it it really does kind of like mean a lot to me to be involved in it to close, I have, I have one question that I ask everyone I talk to. Uh, it's a fill in the blank. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. I'm going to bring in two. So um, firstly, I'd like to say if you're working in nonprofits or if you've got an idea um, that you would like some thoughts or advice on in terms of how to get the uh, change to happen, um, I would be really happy to talk to you. So please reach out in that case. Um, and the second thing, I am just about to start a new kind of personal project, um, which is based on my experiences of living here and kind of um, seeing the difference and disparity of what is available and ultimately what is re- necessary to live well. Um, and that is, I'm calling a blog at the moment for want of a better word, but I guess a personal project called Exploring Enough. Um, and my thoughts with that are that, if we took more time to really consider whether we actually had enough or what enough is for us on a personal individual level, rather than being tricked by um, notions of comparing ourselves to others, for example, or, you know, wanting more simply because of its availability, then I think it would be a way of us to more quickly reach contentment and create a more equitable society. So, um, I'm going to be exploring this idea of enough. And if anybody has any thoughts on it or any resources, because it's really at a point now where I'm still reading and trying to learn stuff, um, I'm looking forward to hearing from people. Then please reach out to, uh, to chat about that as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Adam, for being a part of this community and, and for doing the important work that you're doing. It really does make a difference. Thank you, Covington. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Adam.